0: let's do it welcome back to true crime shrine the podcast where the planets align three friends talk about true crime something else and any other weird bullshit. <laughs> damn it hannah i thought i could do it with all my notes i love it welcome to episode 10 Woo! Yes, got the episode right, got the intro wrong, it's fine. I remembered the other thing we talk about, it's astrology, we'll do that later. But before then, we're going to have Sarah tell us a story.
1: All righty. so <laughs> there's several disclosures here today. I did not have dinner, I had a protein bar. I am two beers deep because I've been doing a lot of grading, <laughs> and that's how I handle students who don't pay attention to what I tell them time after time.
0: Why I drink, students. This is why
1: we drink. But today, what I have was a cold case. I was trying to go on a cold case spree, kind of because I think they're just fascinating, but also and more importantly, because I think that it's important to give these victims additional attention since they haven't received their justice yet. So, anytime there's an opportunity to shed some light on like an unsolved murder and get some extra ears on it, there's a chance that it's going to reach someone who knows something. For sure. Yeah, but as with usual research for me, I fell down a rabbit hole and decided to do this one instead. Not just a hole,
0: <laughs> rabbit. That's the rodent you're gonna choose.
1: Not a gopher. Okay. Not a prairie dog. Not a not a marmot
2: or a badger.
1: Uh, yeah, no, this was a, a full on rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, so it was a cold case, but then they got the killer, so it's not a cold case anymore. But it was, so it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit more uplifting than the uh, the other one that I did for the first episode.
0: You get some closure, which is what yeah. is nice about the solved cases, but it you make a good point, too, about the unsolved ones. For sure. We should be looking at those.
1: Yes. So I think that they're interesting, and I don't mind taking on that genre, but I... Uh, I didn't do that this time. <laughs> I I happened across this one specifically because I was looking at cold cases in Massachusetts. Of course, cuz that's where I'm going to be spending the entire month of July. So,
0: No, no, wait a minute. No Woods Hole murders or anything. I didn't find any.
1: I don't know if I want to find any. It's kind of a happy place. Like, yeah, let's not ruin it.
0: Yeah. It's a happy place, but it's a bunch of scientists together. All together. Yeah, like given enough
1: caffeine and, like, terrible results, you could go crazy. I could and see And they're it.
0: all just, like, in this one weird mindset for a month.
1: hmm It's great. Yeah, with, like, 14-hour workdays, and...
0: <laughs> yeah. It is great. Not saying it's not, but woof to do.
1: It's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, without further ado, this More is the More ado! Story. Just kidding. More ado?
0: Yeah, just kidding. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're both drinking tonight, guys.
0: I'm drinking (laughs) every time, but I just started, so I don't know what's wrong with me.
1: Oh, is Mercury retrograde just messing with your head a little bit more on its way out? (laughs) Bitch.
2: Yeah, it needs to get gone soon.
1: Get gone. Okay, without too much further ado, this is the story of Lisa Ziegert. All right. Lisa was born on March 24th, 1968, and was the second of four children. Her older sister Lynn was very close to her. They were only born like 15 months apart so they're pretty good friends. At age 24, Lisa had recently graduated from Westfield State University and she was living in Agawam, a small town near Springfield, Massachusetts, on like the west side of the state. So technically not Boston or any of that.
0: <laughs> I stopped practicing my Boston accent. <laughs> okay, great.
1: <laughs> they do regular R's over here.
0: Boring. She was,
1: you know, right. <laughs> She was a beloved teaching assistant at Agawam Middle School, where she taught special needs students. She also held an evening shift on weekdays at Brittany's card shop in town uh, in a busy shopping plaza. Like, what is greeting that? cards? It's. I think it's kind of like a Hallmark store. Okay. Yeah, where like they had like greeting cards and little trinkets and gifts and things, balloons and whatnot. So on the night of Wednesday... April 15th, 1992, Lisa was working alone, as she usually did on weekdays, from 5 to 9 p.m., and she was supposed to close up the shop before heading home. The following morning, Lisa's co-worker, Sophia Maynard, arrived to open up the store, but found that the welcome sign was already up, and the doors were unlocked, the lights were on, and Lisa's car was parked in the same spot as the night before. But Lisa wasn't there. Oh no.
0: But what the fuck would you do if you walked into work- and you had, like, a dead coworker there. Like, that is extremely traumatic.
1: You oh, walk yeah. back out, you get in your car, you lock the doors, and you call the police.
0: And then you go to therapy.
1: Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: Holy but shit. But I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, neither of them are, are great outcomes. Mm-mm. So, Sophia's there, she realizes everything's pretty much how Lisa would have left it the night before, except Lisa's not there either.
0: Was the door unlocked?
1: The door was unlocked, the lights are on, everything's just like as if the store had been opened the entire time. Okay. No money was missing from the cash register. Interesting. Lisa's belongings are all still there. So Sophia reported her missing under suspicious circumstances. When they arrived, investigators found signs of a struggle in the storeroom, along with some spots of blood, and a massive search began for Lisa, with the FBI involved. The investigators received several tips in the case soon afterward. The first was from Lisa's older sister, Lynn, who said she had often visited Lisa at work to keep her company and to catch up. That day in particular, Lisa had actually opened up to her about how she was feeling in her career path as a teacher and what she was kind of thinking of what she wanted to do with her life. The next visitor was a woman who made a purchase around 8.20 p.m. and saw nothing out of the ordinary. There were time-stamped receipts that matched the timeline. Another tip was from a woman who came at around 9pm, right when the store was supposed to close, but it was visibly still open. She walked in and looked around, uh, saw that the storefront was empty, and no one was coming to the counter to assist her.
0: So creepy, she could have been in there at the same time as all this other stuff happening.
1: She started hearing some noises coming from the back and figured that they were busy restocking or something. And that oh, she would just come back no. the next day.
0: Oh, no. I guess your first thought wouldn't be murder. It's they're shutting this. They're shutting down for the night.
2: Yeah. Like if you're hearing boxes yeah. being, you know, moved around and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a super nosy Gemini, though. So <laughs> I would have been like, hey, dude, what's going on? What are you I'm... guys doing? And then I probably would have got murdered. Yeah, too. actually. I you know, <laughs> probably would have got murdered, too. oh Yeah.
0: This is why greeting card company, this is, it's a stupid, stupid business, and we shouldn't support them. Anyway.
2: Unless you like greeting cards.
0: (laughs) They're just so pointless.
1: It's so expensive. It's a piece of paper with something that, like, thousands of other people are getting the same note card with, like, the same little phrase or poem, and they're, like, four or five dollars a piece, just so that you don't have to write as much. They're so fucking
0: cheesy. It's like I, yeah. I would never talk to my mom like this.
2: True, Target carried a brand, and I can't remember the name of it. And I don't know if they still carry them anymore. But one of them was like it was like a I think it was a baby shower one or something. And it was like or no, it was a, a marriage one. And it was like congratulations. And then you open it up and it goes. So I guess you're pregnant.
0: Ha ha ha! Okay, see, I like those cards. A whole lot of cards. Yeah, me, card. yeah. yeah. If there's a bible verse on it? Yeah, no, thank
2: you. Actually, Oof. that
0: made it really easy to pick a card from my grandma though.
2: <laughs> Cuz you don't even have to read it. No, it's like, like, yep.
0: Sure, John 3:16. Got it.
2: <laughs> Probably not that one actually. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> okay,
1: so she heard some noises from the back. She figured they were busy and would come back another time. 4 days later on Easter Sunday, A hiker, walking their dog in a wooded area just a couple miles from where she was abducted, came across a gruesome scene and immediately alerted the police. It was Lisa's ravaged body, laying in the bushes off the walking trail. Her denim skirt had been ripped open, hem to hem. Oh. There were signs that she had fought and struggled. Both of her shoulders were torn out of their sockets. Jesus. Yeah. Both of her hands had really deep defensive wounds. Her body had been stabbed eight times in the neck and thighs, hmm. and there was ample evidence of sexual assault, and so mm. DNA was collected. Lisa was so well-loved by her community. Remember, this is
2: a, a relatively small town. Yeah, she's a teaching assistant at the middle school. Yeah. That's a lot of grief to go around. Yep. Um, no one
1: could fathom who had done this or why, and thousands of people showed up to stand in the pouring rain at her wake. Oh so later, a woman called in with a tip and stated that she had stopped at the intersection of Route 75 and Adams Street around 915 on the night of her disappearance. And while at the intersection, she remembers seeing a car with a man driving and a woman moving strangely in the back seat, perhaps struggling. Hmm. She described the car as a late model full-size Bronco or Blazer that was either a dark red or a dark blue. I
0: was going to say, is it red? <laughs> 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 Maybe.
1: She recalled that she had noticed it because it was turning onto an obscure dirt road, the kind in a more rural area that people don't generally know about unless they live in the neighborhood nearby. The vehicle was never found, though, and police had taken plaster molds of the tire tracks left at the scene. Other tips started to pour in after this, including that an unidentified man reportedly watched Lisa and some other members as they worked out at the Healthy Habits Fitness Center.
0: What a creep! Great! Did he call himself in?
1: Uh, (laughs) Hi, I can't stop watching these women as they work out on the elliptical machine. Good
0: God, I love a sweaty woman. Gross. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I'm just trying to lighten it up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So apparently witnesses had noted that he had watched her closely and creepily in particular.
0: I don't think there's a way to not be a creep about this. (laughs) Yeah, like maybe don't. What
1: is it? Ogle or Oogle? Ogle? Ogle? Don't be a creep at people trying to work out in the gym. They're trying to be healthy and you're skeeving them out. (laughs) Knock it off. Or anywhere. Just don't be a fucking stalker. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he was being creepy. He was watching her. He was described as Caucasian, probably in his 30s, 5'10", with a slight beer belly, wavy brown hair. He was also stated to have driven a red sports
0: car. Uh Uh-oh. Every red car needs to be in a database, and we need to be I watching know, right?
1: out. <laughs> we need a collection of red sports cars.
0: <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't buy a red car when I bought this new this <laughs> replacement
1: car. <laughs> Good job. You're less likely to get speeding tickets, too, because
0: of it. Although our fucking lab member has a red car. We gotta keep an eye on Joe. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fits Joe's personality. It does. He's not a murderer.
1: <laughs> no. He's also not a canonical Pisces, though. I feel like he's got to have some Aries in there somewhere.
0: Or Leo. Ooh, or Leo. Yeah. Yeah, no, probably more Leo. I don't know. Okay, anyway, we don't have to talk about Joe's signs. You
2: guys almost jinx each other, like, every episode. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, maybe we hang out too much.
1: <laughs> eh. Me. Meh. Meh. Investigators also disclosed that in the weeks prior to her abduction, Lisa had told people that she felt that she was being watched. Her sister Lynn would often keep her company in the store as she worked there alone in the evenings, but she had also asked several friends and relatives to visit her frequently, since she didn't like being in the store alone. And the store closed
2: up around 9 o'clock.
1: Yeah, so she was there from 5 to 9 after working at the school on every weekday of the week.
2: I know what it's like, because when I was... Very young, I worked for a gas station and I worked oh, that's the like, yeah, I worked the I think it was 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. shift. That's
0: not a good time.
2: Whoa. And my mom would come and she would sit with me after she got off work because she worked swing shifts. So she would come about 11 and then she would stay with me until we closed the store. And then if she couldn't stay, there was actually, there was a a, a regular customer that would come in and he would ask, hey, is your mom stopping by? And I said, you know, yes or no. And he'd go, okay, well, I'll just, I'll hang out for a little while um, while you're closing just so nothing happens, you know. Because I was like, I think I was 18, 19. Nope, I was 21. See, the memory fades.
1: (laughs) Oh, because you had to be able to sell alcohol. Yeah, I had to sell alcohol.
2: But it's scary, though, when you're working late at night and you're by yourself. Yeah.
1: See, my mind Im- immediately went to, who's this creep and why is he, you know, asking when your mom's
2: showing up kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> no, he was like, he was the regular, the, one of the regular customers that was. Got it. He would come in at like six o'clock, grab his beer and then drink it and then come come back at like midnight to get his next six pack or I don't know. Whoa.
0: Sir needs to plan ahead and just buy two sixes, but it's fine.
1: It was an excuse to go and check out the hot 21-year-old
0: and then sit with her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. We're
0: maligning this guy. He has probably actually had good intentions.
2: <laughs> I believe he did. I believe he was just a nice guy. And he was friends with one of the other clerks too and he would do the same for her if, you know, if I wasn't there. Whoever was working the late shift and he lived in like the apartment just next door to where the gas station was. So, uh,
1: okay, yeah. Why, why have to carry back two if you can just go right back down again and make sure you are getting your steps right? Yeah, <laughs> <Stay healthy>. exactly. <laughs> Counteract that cirrhosis with a few, you know, a... five minute walks per day. <laughs> okay, so she had asked several friends and relatives to visit her frequently because she doesn't like being in the store alone in the evenings. So the investigators believed that her killer had been stalking her in the weeks up to her murder. Mm -hmm. another key part to this is where her body was found so since it was rural and in a small town and more of a walking trail for only the locals who really knew about it they believed that it had to be someone from their community okay it had to be someone familiar with the area um in order to even know how to get there and agawam was the kind of small town where people would leave their doors unlocked like even past the 70s and 80s (laughs) this is small enough where like nothing ever happens here So this, of course, chilled everybody to their core and made the whole community fearful.
0: Oh, yeah. And start locking their doors. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Did it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it doesn't take long, because it's a small town, for rumors to start flying around. And so as time went on, people started talking and then full-on accusing a single suspect, Ed Burgotti. Poor Ed had gone to school with Lisa and was actually the roommate of Lynn and her boyfriend at the time of Lisa's murder. Oh. Why did they think it was ed because it's a small town and he's an acquaintance okay
0: does her sister like feel like this gossip had no
1: lynn was like adamant okay. that ed was a good dude that he was okay. you know harmless and friendly and definitely not involved and Ed had a rock solid alibi. He had been working at the restaurant where he was a waiter on the night of her disappearance and several of the other wait staff and even customers were corroborating his whereabouts. Okay. So it's kind of like an open and shut, like, nope, he's not a suspect anymore. The police let him go. Ed's dad actually was a member of the police department, which, of course, then the rumor mill started uh. saying, oh, Ed's dad's covering it up for him. That's part of it. And it's like, nah, he was not around or uh, like was not free at the time of the murder.
2: Yeah, but if people in the town are paranoid about what's going on, I mean, they're looking for anyone to blame so they can feel comforted, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Poor Ed. That sucks.
1: Yeah. So Ed had been clear to the rumors, but of course they stick around,
2: unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sometimes gossip is bad.
1: Truly. Small
2: towns. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So the police move on and they start trying to match DNA evidence with other suspects. 23 years go by without a match. Jesus. In December 2015, so that was 1992, uh, DNA was sent to Parabon (gasps) Nanolabs. Oh, this is a Parabon case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I was reading about this and it's super cool. So, it's a DNA forensic analysis service and the company is able to use DNA like, kind of, typing to look at, kind of, your phenotype based on what like, genes that you have there, and oh, based on their analysis, geez. they can actually start creating, like, a facial composite.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yes.
2: It's so cool.
1: Yeah. So they kind of determined that he was going to be of average build, decently tall or whatever, not not small or abnormal in any way, really, but um, fair-skinned with hazel or brown eyes and brown or black hair, so... Great, like that's an awesome description. There is kind of like a 3D rendering of what they thought that he looked like, and that's gonna be added onto the episode info. But so this kind of like helps them a little bit, and they send that out in hopes that somebody's gonna recognize it and and come forward with some info. Hopefully Ed didn't match that description. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: That's another nail in his coffin.
1: Oh poor Ed. Massachusetts State Police investigators visited a handful of homes serving search warrants to collect DNA samples after a while. So one person um, that was on their list was Gary Shara, and he had been on their radar since the investigation began, but had refused to give
2: his DNA at the time. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I would too, to be honest, but I just don't believe in giving my DNA to people.
2: Yeah. But if you were a suspect in a murder and you knew you did not do it?
0: I don't know, I'd still get a lawyer, I think, though.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, because what if she was the same place earlier that day and her DNA was there and they picked that up at the scene instead? True. I don't know. I mean, granted, this, this is DNA specifically from her, like, yeah. autopsy and rape kit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Doo-doo-doo. I'm being really distracted tonight.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. It's great. It's
0: stretching it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me stretch this one out.
1: That sounds bad, actually.
0: Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Got it
1: maybe that's just the context because my brain is still on the term rape kit.
0: nope not you said it like that i don't like it either no i know it's, sorry guys okay cut
1: <laughs> we'll see
0: or don't yeah, cut we'll see. <laughs> this provides local flavor
1: oh! <laughs> okay so he had refused to give his dna at the time when massachusetts state trooper noah pack knocked on his door on september 13th 2017 he wasn't home Shara had been visiting his girlfriend at her house in Granville, and then the next day, he had heard from his roommate about the police visit, and Shara drafted three handwritten documents – a confession, a last will and testament, and a brief letter of apology to the Ziegert family. He left them at his girlfriend's house, where she then came home from work, found them, and quickly turned them over to the police. Hell yeah, she did.
0: Girl! Can you imagine, though? No, I'm like – I was Uh -uh. speechless for a second. Just imagine – we're all kind of seeing someone, and you come- What the fuck? Like, you can never date a right? Apparently it wasn't just kind
1: of seeing someone, like, they were in a long-term committed relationship.
0: God, that's terrible. I feel bad for this girlfriend, but- Oof. Also, handwritten, my dude. That's just, yeah. like, a very special touch in 2015. Yes.
1: Not a, not a text, you know, he's not that kind <laughs> of guy. Can't,
0: he, like, <laughs> put little hearts over his eyes and whatever. Apparently he had neat, neat neat-ish handwriting. It was kind of like pretty and flourishy. I don't know why I'm talking shit, because my favorite way to communicate is to write things down. Or talk. Well. (laughs) Because I'm doing a podcast.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I actually have some of the letter transcribed in my notes here. He writes to his girlfriend, quote, I've been dreading the day I need to write this letter for almost as long as I can remember. First off, I love you. I hope you never doubt that. Fuck
0: off.
2: Seriously. Now the hard
1: part. (laughs) Yeah. Now the hard part. You're going to find out some awful things about me today. They will tell you I abducted, raped, and murdered a young woman approximately 25 years ago. It is true. All of it.
0: Jesus.
1: He continues, quote, Not finished. I've never really... (laughs) Nope. It's two pages.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not reading the whole two pages out right Mm -hmm. now. I was like, you want to stretch it out? (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. Uh... (laughs) So he continues, I've never really been or even felt normal. From a very young age, I was fascinated by abduction and bondage.
0: I wonder I what their sex too life far. was like. Mm. If he brought that in that's why it. he's including it in the note. Well, if they brought up bondage or something. This is a lot to tell someone. I don't believe
2: that you actually love her, but okay. Well, especially like he was hanging out with her and then he leaves these notes at her house, and then leaves, and it's like I have felt like this my entire life. That's heavy. That's so heavy. Ugh. I don't even know how she could cope with that. Like you're thinking, oh, I just got home. There's just there's like a love. We're gonna make dinner or something.
0: Oh, he's so romantic. Oh my god.
2: Yep. <laughs> Basically that.
1: Jesus. Ugh. I could never keep it too far from my mind for long. On that fateful day. I let myself do something terrible. I've never forgiven myself, and that is only right. I also never did anything of the like again. I hated what happened. I despised myself. I thought of only turning myself in hundreds do of that. times over the years. But yeah. I'm truly a coward.
0: Well, well, yeah. That's fair, too, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go into a little bit more of his background before continuing on with this story. Gary Shara was adopted and grew up in Longmeadow, Meadow. Uh, He graduated high school in 1987 from Longmeadow (laughs) High. Sure. Several (laughs) – sure. Just little tidbits here. Several of his classmates have stated that they actually struggled to remember him at all. Hmm. He wasn't involved in any sports or club or activity. And in a small town community where everyone is so present and active in their community, Shara seemed kind of like a a ghost who just glided through the system unnoticed. Even his younger brother, Brian, was a standout on the football and baseball teams and was generally considered popular.
0: I was to say, even his younger brother, Brian, didn't remember who he was. <laughs> <laughs> even Brian's like, who? Gary? Gary who? Uh, uh,
1: that sounds familiar. I think I remember mm. Gary at some point. After high school, he seemed to grow into the community a bit. He gravitated to people-friendly, customer service-type jobs and made some close friends. He married Joyce McDonald soon after high school, and they had a son together, but the partnership didn't last. Joyce was reportedly struggling with alcoholism, and after she and Gary had an altercation in August of 1992, which is just a few months after Lisa's disappearance and murder.
0: After. Uh, okay. After. Mm-hmm.
1: They had an altercation in August, and he then filed and won custody of their one-year-old son in November of that year.
0: Great.
1: According to police records, Joyce was granted a visit with her son in January of 1993, at which time she kidnapped him and hopped on a plane to Seattle.
2: Okay. (laughs) She's like, fuck your court order.
0: She's like, I may be an alcoholic, but you murdered someone, so. (laughs) I mean, she she didn't know know that.
1: But. Yeah. But, so reports state that she had told her relatives that she had a feeling her husband was somehow involved, though they weren't taking her seriously because of her drinking problem. Aw. Interesting. She had said that he had gifted her a music box from the exact same store where Lisa had worked. Get a receipt. And that whenever her name came up on the news, Gary would be fixated on the TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. So did she just take the son and that was fine?
1: She took the son, they got on a plane to Seattle, and then that's like part of the reason why Gary was actually kind of on their radar a little bit too was because he had opened a kidnapping case against her but like never actually pressed charges so he just wanted to know that she was in the wrong but like you can keep the kid in Seattle I guess I don't know it was it was weird and it's kind of tangential cuz it's like he was in communication with the police for that and they're like oh yeah he said oh yeah call me anytime that you have Like info or whatever about this. Mm -hmm. So they had contact with him. Hmm. And so then in 1993, because she was in Seattle and feeling safe and far away from him, Joyce told an attorney in Seattle that she believed that her estranged husband had been involved or had something to do with the murder of Lisa. So police questioned him then. And then again in 2002 and 2008. So it's kind of like ongoing, like, hey, bud, remember this? Like, we're just, you know, tying up loose ends kind of thing still. Yeah. So yeah, he was on their list, but there hadn't been much progress. So Shara had spent over two decades kind of leading an unremarkable life. He worked at several jobs in the restaurant business um, and later in customer service at a rental car agency in the Bradley International Airport. His friends described him as like the nicest, calmest guy in the world. A lot of his ex-employers actually were like, no, that guy was... Very calm and happy and just a, a normal, even-tempered kind of dude was was great in the workplace.
0: I'm going to say, I don't like it. Sociopath?
1: Yeah, so the term chameleon, actually, was what was thrown out by the DA during the trial of all of this. So, I'm going to go back to some of his confession letter. In his confession, he also writes, I always knew it would one day catch up with me, and now it has. I received a text from my roommate last night that the state police were at my house with some important papers for me. That's going to be a warrant to take my DNA, and that's going to send me away for life. I'm trying to decide still, even as I write this note, if I have the courage for that, or if I'm going to take the coward's way out. Either way, I
2: apologize again so much. Little late, dude. I don't know, you've been living your life for the last 20-some years. like. hmm I mean, it does sound like he's remorseful, but, like, go fuck yourself, dude. Yeah.
0: It's easy to be remorseful when you get
2: caught exactly yeah like if he truly was actually remorseful he would have just turned his fucking self in exactly
0: i know that would have helped like he let the family just be stuck with this cold case like unsolved for like 20 years that's so Mm -hmm. hard on a family yeah so he did try to take the coward's way out
1: but he ended up in the emergency room at a hospital in connecticut after the failed attempt
0: Oh.
2: What would he try to do? Couldn't even do that right. Oh, no, that's not actually stated. Hmm.
1: I don't... I'm not sure what he tried to do.
2: Hmm. Well, you didn't try hard enough. Like, really. I know,
1: right? Like, maybe he tried to do carbon monoxide poisoning just, like, on the side of the road. <laughs> not in a garage. <laughs> Whatever he was doing, he was doing it in his car and then, like, drove himself to the hospital. Because oh. at the hospital, they found his car and then on the dashboard of his car... There was another handwritten
2: letter. Oh, Jesus, what is with these letters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quote, to
1: whomever finds my body, I apologize for any psychological trauma Fuck incurred. off! Oh,
0: jeez. Call Massachusetts State Police. Thank you. Don't tell me what to do. And also, that doesn't count as an apology. That doesn't help anyone. The person that finds you is not going to be mentally soothed that you left up a note, you dumbass. Yep. Like, if you really wanted to go out,
1: then, then like, poison yourself and then walk into a police station and say, I did it. Because then you're already in custody, oh, and then you die.
0: that'd
2: be flashy. That's still hard for them to have to deal with. That's probably a lot more paperwork. But they're more exposed to
1: death than, like, a random person trying to help somebody on the side of the road.
2: Call 911 and tell them you're at a cemetery and you dug your own goddamn grave and then get in it.
0: Hey! Holy shit, yes!
2: Save people some fucking trouble, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
0: No, I really liked it.
1: He's signed his three letters with his initials, G-E-S, but apparently, like, they're with some flourish. But that part's not included in all the images that I could find of his confession letters and stuff online. I really want to see, like, his flourishy signature. I was just like... I don't know
0: why. I I would want to see it.
2: Funny side note, my dad has really beautiful handwriting and his signature is that that's very like yeah whimsical almost oh cute but he's a big biker dude so you wouldn't think that it would look like that i
0: love
1: it (laughs) wow yeah i like when like handwriting because you can like typify typify i don't don't know what the word is never mind that at work you can you can describe somebody's personality based on their handwriting sometimes but like Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't match at all and it's really funny
0: yeah (laughs)
1: Okay. So, Shara, at age 50, pleaded guilty to first-degree murder in Hampton – Hampton Superior Court on September 25th, 2017. He was sentenced to life in prison.
0: Good.
2: Yes.
1: Yep. And then, to his girlfriend, he also wrote, I have no real useful advice to offer you, except, no matter which course I choose, let me go. If I turn myself in, I will have confessed and accepted that I will live out my days in prison move on. Yeah, girl. Don't go looking for a lawyer to get me out. I'm definitely not worth the time, the effort, or the money.
0: You know, if you don't, like, why did you even bother getting yourself entangled with someone?
2: I guess if you were just so torn about the thing that you had done, why would you even be in a relationship and have somebody else love you? Because you're just gonna tear apart their fucking life, too.
0: Even if yeah. they don't, if you, even if he didn't get, like, caught for murder. So, like, you know you're a piece of shit and you're this is not a real relationship you're not sure he's not a gemini <laughs> he's not a gemini <laughs> uh it's just like it's
1: actually no i'm not sure he's not a gemini i don't know what he is because we couldn't find his birth date i'm still
2: looking i'm actually looking for the wife's information right now to see if there's a birth record because then if there's the birth record for the son then then his birthday would be listed. But so far, there's Joyce McDonald is a very common name, we'll say. Joyce McDonald is common? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. I'm still looking. (laughs) No guarantees. That's fine. Either way. Gary was not a Gemini.
1: So Shara, in his last will and testament, wrote that he was leaving 30% each. Of his unnamed assets to his mother, brother, and girlfriend, with the remaining 10% earmarked for his roommate in West Springfield. Thank you? (laughs) Did it say how much? No. He also stated that, like, of course, fill out my debts or whatever first, but whatever I have left goes to these people.
0: I honestly, as the girlfriend, do not want it. As the roommate, I guess, Ah, yeah, because I don't have a roommate for a while.
2: You're like, I gotta pay rent, so. So
0: actually, yeah, this is fine. Give me 30%. Yeah.
1: I kind of feel bad, too, that, like, none of it was left to the Ziegerts. If he Z-garts. was
0: that sorry.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of messed up.
0: A douche waffle.
1: Yeah. A douche waffle. <laughs> Dee Ziegert, Lisa's mother, said prosecutors had read Shara's confessional to her in court directly before his plea hearing. And to that, she said, quote, My first reaction to the letter? I thought... That is absolutely frightening. Just frightening. And it's amazing that it didn't happen again.
0: It really is.
1: But I'm glad he wrote it, because it's him saying, I did it. And him writing it. And him signing it. So, that's essentially I mean, it was open for a really long time, but as soon as it was shut, it was shut. case of Lisa Ziegert and Gary E. Shara.
0: I did think for like, I don't know, 30 seconds that this would have a twist in it (laughs) and it wasn't him the whole time (laughs) but no no
1: no i think the i think the twist probably for that that small town is that it wasn't ed
0: god damn ed ed i hope ed moved away to be honest
1: i know either ed you need to have moved away and like lived your happy life aside from that small town and all the the assholes that live there
0: you can come back now and tell him to suck your dick but uh
1: Yeah, I think they all really owe him a a serious heartfelt apology for, like, basically ruining his life and not letting him have an inkling of happiness when all of this was happening around him. And, like, that was his friend, too, and he was getting blamed for it. Hmm. So, yeah, I think think that's a really sad part to all of it. But happy-ish ending that they got the guy and that he seems to have felt remorse even though he tried to live a happy life regardless. It's kind of shitty.
2: I just don't believe that, though. I believe that he wrote words that mimicked empathy and mimicked remorse, but I don't know that it was true. These letters, there's something about these letters, and it just feels off to me, so I'm going to call bullshit, Gary. The
0: letters feel very performative. Exactly. And they're about him.
1: Yeah. They're about him. It's like, I feel bad. I've been meaning to do this for years. I, I, I. I, I. Oh. Yeah. Which that's like the canonical sociopath. These are things that happened to me because of me, but to me. But like, it's still me. I've been living with this guilt. I'm the coward. Like, oh, okay, buddy. That sucks. Like, you fucked up. Now you have to atone for it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't have any of his astrology info because I couldn't find his birth time. It just says that he's adopted. Oh, but
0: that's a good point, too.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if Brian was adopted. I couldn't find that information either. So it could be that Gary was an adopted one and then Brian was like a happy accident and he felt outshadowed by his younger brother because of his popularity and stuff. I don't know. Not excuses, just maybe like small explanations since I don't have anything astrology wise to go off of his personality traits. But that can be pretty rough on a kid's upbringing if you have a younger brother that's constantly the favorite, the golden child. I feel like
0: especially if you were adopted.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. So like it could be that Brian wasn't adopted, and like they thought that they couldn't have kids and adopted Gary, and then
0: had their miracle child and whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I don't know that that's the case, but that could be like something that could help explain his personality, terribleness, terribleness. Man, what is happening?
0: Oh, <laughs> beer. What is it? Oh, man. It's all that great. And you forgot how like the English language works after reading all those terrible reports.
1: <laughs> the grammar that I've been it's so shoving into my
0: school. It's so for seniors really in college. Anyway, <sighs> we could talk about the education system. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not.
1: Well, th- well, then this is doubly sad then because a special needs
2: teacher was killed. Yeah, someone who really had a lot of worth in that community. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot
0: of patience. Like, it takes a special kind of person to be able to be a special needs teacher or caregiver or anything like that. Exactly. Also really hard on the special needs kids, I feel like, as well, to, like, lose in such a violent way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, as far as media
1: is concerned... I, I had no idea going into this until I scrolled to the very, very bottom of, like, the third article that I read about this when I was collecting information. But apparently, this case was first aired on the October 27th, 1993 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <gasps> <I> gasp. <laughs> oh, fun. It was then profiled on Crime Watch Daily during the investigation and then documented on Dateline after it was resolved. Oh. In, like, January of 2020. Yeah, I think I heard oh, it on wow, Dateline. Oh, wow, that's... Okay. Was it a Keith Morrison? I feel like I should have done a Keith Morrison voice. Yeah. Oh,
2: God, love Keith Morrison. I know, that too. could
0: be our accent. I don't, I don't <laughs> have it though. You can't throw. Oh. I'm bad at accents. You can't throw me this at the very last minute.
1: You just have to have a lot of like strange inflection and vocal fry.
0: I can, I can <laughs> have vocal fry. That was fry. really good, actually. Yes.
2: <laughs> you could be a voice actress. Check a you a out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's what I've got. I am thrilled to hear about a case that has the Parabon technology in it. That is so fascinating. Truly. It's like Pixar in real life. Exactly. It's just so like science has come so far and to be able to get, you know, even eye color and approximate height and hair color I mean, that can save the police so much time if they've got, you know, if you've got a a blonde, blue eyed suspect that you're thinking, but then you get these DNA results back that says, no, it's a brunette with hazel eyes. I mean, it's cool. So it's not just, yes, this is their DNA, but it's also now a tool to get them some suspects in these cases where they don't have anyone right away.
0: I think it would also be a really good tool, too, in those cases where they're getting a ton of tips. Yeah. As well. Like it gives you an actual path and something like, because you're not going in completely blind. So you can focus on ones that are probably more
2: likely to be the right hit. Mm hmm. But even if you're like putting out to the public, too, you can be a little bit more specific and then that you know nosy gemini neighbor be like oh no i saw that oh oh, that that man i got especially in the small town ah wait wait wait. his name's gary did gary live there
0: was gary a member of the small town it seemed like it at the time okay like
2: it's all pretty close by okay i mean he shopped there right because you said he bought that right that music box for his wife he might have stolen it oh interesting and he,
1: oh like taking it as a trophy yeah when, and then he has his oh, wife that. has
0: the music box so he can see it all the time oh
1: well yeah because that's like the what is it the guy that um would like steal earrings and give them to his girlfriend or wife or mom
2: yeah that dude
0: they get that fun disgusting like jolt of whatever if i'm seeing someone they know wearing something that they know is from a dead... Like, it's so gross.
2: Yeah, Ridgway did that with um, his coworkers. He would leave the jewelry yeah, in the that's
0: bathroom. Right. Ridgway, yep.
2: Mm-hmm. And then if they picked it up and decided to wear it, then he was very pleased got with a that. Which is...
0: Hard on. Yeah.
2: Completely fucking disgusting.
1: So Longmeadow and Agawam are like sister neighborhoods outside of Springfield. Okay. okay. They're really, really close. (laughs) All right. And then he pretty much stuck around that area for the entire time. So the the airport that he worked at was also um, just west of Springfield. And he was the place that he was living. And then his girlfriend. No, the place he was living in West Springfield uh, is like just north of Agawam. Okay. So he pretty much stayed around there his whole life seems like.
0: A little weird, too, if you had murdered someone there.
1: I mean, but that's that's what they were saying, right, is that he he must have been a local to be a chameleon and blend into society and also know where that specific site was, that it wouldn't be seen from the road and that it wouldn't be found immediately because it's not a very common hiking trail or walking trail to be on. But people do frequent it. So,
0: yeah, I'm just not sure if I would stay afterwards. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if you blend right in and everyone's pointing at somebody else. I
0: guess, yeah, he had Ed this whole time. He's like, oh, my God, it was totally Ed. Guys, have you heard about Ed? It's Ed. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was the one who was like, have you heard of Ed? <laughs> Let me tell you about Ed.
2: He wrote a letter to somebody and was like, do you think it's Ed?
1: <laughs> oh, Ed. That, that reminds me of like the How I Met Your Mother. Have you met Ed? Right, yeah. Have Ed. you met Ed? <laughs> Oh, poor Ed. Ed, we hope you have lived a happy, fulfilled life away from the small town hive mind and rumor mill.
0: Sometimes you just got to get out of those small towns. Yeah. Also, uh, Gary's girlfriend. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah.
2: For oh, sure. for
0: sure. Yeah, therapy, like a lot.
1: Yeah. Also, his son. <gasps> yeah. So Joyce is no longer alive she passed away she had a lot of mental health issues and stuff too i don't know if it was alcoholism related but at some point she had fallen off of either a balcony or a roof of a building and i don't it, it's not stated whether or not she actually died from those injuries and i didn't want to look too much further into it and go down yeah. yet another rabbit hole but it sounds like she had a lot going on um so unfortunately she passed away but yeah no there's there's a lot
0: there's always a a lot of victims in a case.
2: Oh yeah. Their entire family. Like seven degrees of separation. Yeah, for mm-hmm.
0: like Kevin Bacon or whatever. Well, she did move away to Seattle and her
1: son is like our age. I'm or my age-ish. Because he was born in like ninety-one, sorry. Yeah, he's not our age. <laughs> my age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna leave that one there uh-huh, don't,
1: don't touch it <laughs> I always assume that everyone's like my age sure I'd love to be your age <laughs> oh additionally the guy that driv- drove the red sports car had like wavy light brown hair oh and was around the same approximate age like they said maybe in his 30s but I feel like 24 or 25 could easily be mistaken
0: for that Mm-hmm. I'm bad with ages, especially if it's someone in a car. Oh yeah, it was a red car. Okay, don't worry. It's about already it. <laughs> suspicious.
1: <laughs> red sports cars and black, like souped-up trucks. Ugh. No matter, they're just bad.
0: So keep an eye out, folks. Someone says as they're driving a red sports car and listening to us. Hi, <laughs> hi, hi. We see you. <laughs> hey, so, can- give us rate and review. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Are we ready for some astrology? Yes,
0: that was good. I was uh, on a weird tear tonight. Very distracting, but it was good. I'm glad was there was fun. closure.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: me too. For
0: the family and Ed. Yeah.
1: There you go, Ed. Okay. So on June 22nd, finally, Mercury ends its retrograde cycle. Thank Sir, you, get the Jesus. fuck
0: out. <laughs>
1: after over three weeks of retrograde like bullshit. delays, miscommunications, unnecessary issues, complete bullshit. It's ending. Mercury will turn direct and that's going to help us unblock those information clogs and problems that we might have with interpersonal relationships, things like that. Well,
0: since my boss Good. canceled my committee meeting, maybe I should reschedule it after the 22nd. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That I mean, that was a that, miscommunication that was a m- of ages. That was terrible. It's
0: it's Oof. in writing. It's fine. I have,
1: Emails. I man. know.
0: Anyway, Oof. this has been a rough fucking Mercury and re- retrograde. Oh yeah. Blah. they're never that easy. No, this one I've been fighting with the sequencer. I've been. Fi- oh, that's right. Like, yeah. So and your computer, my computer. I just had to identify with it again, but somehow I entered the data wrong, even though I am a hundred percent sure I did not. Uh-oh. Like we're, I'm having a great time.
2: Yeah, you know, this one's been it's been a struggle,
0: especially technology-wise yeah. and communication-wise. Yeah. yeah, communication,
1: technology, travel, big decisions—all those things are just absolute fucking garbage during metro- Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I almost no. said Metrograde. Met-
0: Metrograde. Oh, we can just shorten it. There's another
1: one. <laughs> we're still in it as we're recording Yeah, we can't this, even talk.
0: Communication. <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah, did you uh, see the struggle with words we had? <laughs> we still don't know how to... S- I've been having... Is it ogle, oogle, or... Ogle. Ogle? Let us
1: know. Yeah. I don't know how. I've been having that thing, too, like, multiple times a day where I'll be thinking of a really simple word, like... Memento or souvenir, and I cannot remember for the life of me, like the, the word for it. Like that happened over the weekend while I was in Southern California. The I thing that's like, was like, I like I special that you
0: get on a vacation or something.
1: Basically, that was my explanation. And Kirk was like, "Like a souvenir." You're like,
0: yes, thank you. Yeah, that. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> that word. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I will say though, Mercury is going to still be in its post retrograde shadow, so it kind of enters a shadow before and after. The true retrograde starts, so there might be some of those little lingering effects. Just a a little bit of caution might still be necessary as you're moving through this, but that's going to be totally gone July
2: 7th. Oh, thank
0: God.
1: (sighs) I'm so tired. (laughs) 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 Also, on June 24th, the full moon occurs in the sign of Capricorn. Yay! Yay! And this is a buck moon.
2: Buck. Like B U C K well, that's the oh, way book. Like a, I like, like a to deer buck. buck. Anyway. Oh. Okay. <laughs> buck is my dad's <laughs> nickname.
0: Oh. Oh, wow.
2: They call him Buck Uncle and Pearl. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. That's cute. Uncle Buck and Pearl. Definitely like Uncle Buck and Pearl are divorced. Oh. He's a solitary man. He actually has that tattooed across his back. Solitary, solitary man. man mm-hmm that was a post-divorce tattoo that is a
0: choice it's a choice it's not the worst thing i've ever seen but if i went home with someone and the shirt came off and i saw a solitary man at least i know what i'm getting myself into and i can just leave so he's hoping to never find love again
2: i don't know i he's just really content doing his own thing which that's fine you know, i'm super happy for him in in that regard like you know, he's, he's generally a, a very happy person and he just, he likes to ride his motorcycle and, and, uh, have nice handwriting. <laughs> have nice handwriting. <laughs> and he just recently got a new cat named Sydney. Oh, okay.
0: So. He's fine.
2: Oh, he has a cat. A motorcycle dude with tattoos and a cat. <laughs> right. It cracks me up because like, if you were walking late at night, you, you probably cross the street, right? But he would pick up my old cat Frank, and he'd pick him up, and he'd be like, "Hey, buddy! Oh, Grandpa loves you so much, buddy!" That's so Rubbing cute. his cute. you know. And you're like, "Oh yeah, you're seriously tough, dude." At that little <laughs> soft
0: caramel
2: inside. <laughs> hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyways, that's my dad. He's super cool.
1: <laughs> awesome. Um. Okay. Yep. This is a Buck Moon. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. <laughs> This moon reminds us that we can't ignore our commitments to the outside world. So right when we're allowed to kind of start opening up our intellect and communication and stuff like that,
0: immediately the full moon in Capricorn is like, all right, get on it already. that <laughs> shit that you fucked up in June. It's time to get serious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it says we need to kind of take care of our responsibilities, attend to business, act maturely, take charge.
2: This Capricorn full moon Capricorn energy. fairy Capricorn moon. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: It's all about that success and, like, ambition and stuff, right? So this is the time when you're actually going to be able to get to the finish line because the moon's going to help you tackle those, like, obstacles that you encountered earlier. Thank you,
0: moon. I'm going to move the sequencer out of the lab and put it in the courtyard under the full moon so that, like, it gets recharged. <laughs> you can cleanse yes, the sequencer. <laughs> it's full of something right now. <laughs> Ooh. Just blow on it. (laughs) It does need a new air filter, but I don't think that's what actually is the problem. It's like an NES thing, just like, yeah.
1: Anyway, this full moon is also sextile to Jupiter, which means that it's going to bring some cheerfulness and optimism, honesty, good fortune, and a more harmonious social and family life. Oh, that's all good stuff. You might feel a willingness Yeah, you might feel a willingness to share your feelings, and maybe you're going to feel kind of an intuitive understanding of other people's feelings. Um, So this overall is just going to be a good moon for, good full moon for socializing.
0: It kind of balances out, like, Capricorn's, like, single-minded focus on work with a little, like, Mm -hmm. no, there are other things to life, and uh, you can do both. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's what I got
2: i have a little piece
1: i was just gonna ask so excited
2: baby pieces i'm not breaking
0: shit yeah
2: (laughs) so on the day that this episode airs which is june 21st venus is in cancer in trine with neptune and pisces and trine
1: we like those that's a big aspect
2: so what this means is that magical surprises await during this harmonious aspect. It could be romantic, it could be creative, or it could be spiritual. And it's just in time because the next day, Mercury is falling out of retrograde. So Yay! A little bit of plus at the, at the tail end of this horrendous Mercury retrograde.
0: You get some energy <laughs> going into the, the post-retrograde time.
2: Exactly. And then Capricorn's going to whip your ass right into shape.
0: Capricorn don't fuck around. (laughs) Buckle up and put your helmets on, guys. Excellent. It's tiring to be a Capricorn.
2: (laughs) Okay. So since Mercury and retrograde is ending and communication will be clear, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out. You can contact us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. And you can check us out on our website at www.truecrimetrine.com. As D.H. Lawrence likes to say,
1: We need not feel ashamed of flirting with the Zodiac. The Zodiac is well worth flirting with, unless it's the Zodiac Killer.
2: Boom.
0: There we go. That's it. That's the end.
2: (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.